Welcome to the Conquer Food Podcast, where we teach you to think, eat and move better every week in order that you may beat your food or sugar addiction and be happier in life. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to the Conquer Food Podcast and I've got a very, very special guest with me tonight. I'm going to chat about his journey through the Conquer Food Programme. He was the original... The bloody, you know, the, the, the original long, long-termer. Um, I think, was it was it a year? Did you do about a year? 11 months, I think. 11 I think months. I almost got to a year. Yeah, so 11 months, almost a year, um, going through what is a pretty grueling, pretty intense, military-style, no-compromise, extreme weight loss program. And Adam... Just, just tell me now, or just explain to people listening to this. Why did you come? You know, what was the big driving factors behind coming along, and you know, why did you even need to come to a program like this? So, I guess definitely. I mean, these are all things that these are all problems that I wouldn't say that I understood before I went to boot camp. But like for like, these are things that I've realized throughout my journey. Like, I wouldn't say I was aware of these before I went. Like, the original reason I came was it was my mom who basically pushed me. I hadn't seen her in over about a little over a year and I had gained a significant amount of weight in that time. And when she saw me again, she was very shocked. My brother saw me the first time as well. She said, we need to do something about this. And she really did a lot of the legwork at first, like like to find the place and to get in contact and really helped me, helped me save my life for sure. And um, like my main motivations was, I, I like so be, besides my mom pushing me into it, like there was also the fact that I really wanted to get out of what I what I like this little bubble I had created like this comfort zone I had created around myself and I knew it wouldn't last forever and I knew it was gonna be brutal getting out of it and it was. But I didn't want to Was you reluctant on your I mean, how did it come about? Did your parents sort of sit you down and say, Right, this is what we've got, we're gonna give it a go? You know, well, I'd been I'd been living in denial for quite a while at that time and or not like in not uh, conscious like I I purposefully like gotten rid of all the triggers that would make me realize the true like severity of my situation. I purposely just avoided everything that would make me really look at myself in the mirror. So I was getting away with that kind of living in denial until like that was the big shot, like the factor of like a real mirror in the face was when my parents showed up for Christmas actually uh, on December 23rd, I think it was. And I was in boot camp on January 2nd. I, yeah, she showed up, and my brother, and they, they really just shone that mirror of light, or that mirror on me, and was just like, what, what has happened? And everything I had been denying for so long was just like, what have I done? And then I really had the motivation to do something about it, and then also had my mom who really, yeah, did the legwork for me. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting thing. I mean, what, what you're talking about there is like, um, it's, you know, people, when people change, they, they get in this process of like searching for an answer. Um, but there's actually, you know, in searching for an answer, if you've got a problem, the, the next stage from the problem is searching for the answer. And in that thing, you then get four sort of stages or four phases. We call them the four Ds. So the D, first one is delay. They, they put things off, you know, they've got to change and they, they try and delay it. The, the next one is deny, you know, they deny there's even a problem. Um, which is which is really really common. The next D is distraction. You know they got all sorts of other kinds of distraction. Um, I know for you, you know you did a lot of like video games and you know oh, wow. and that kind of stuff. Uh, and then the fourth D is, is doubt. You know they kind of doubt that 
they could change or you know things could be different what what, what do you think to that did you, did you recognize that in in your own sort of process of coming to count and it's it's very interesting like because the, the fourth d right there doubt mm-hmm. i feel like i very i very much resonated with all three of those and i like and i realized that I actually as much as i was in denial there were many periods of time during my life where i tried to get healthy and i feel like doubt was always the one like of course there was denial of course there was uh distractions and of course there was what was the second d it was denial distractions and delay yeah. and um of course i did all three of those but the doubt always led me back to just giving up i guess but i, I would say the biggest difference between trying to do it myself and going to the environment that you guys created that team bootcamp environment was it very much eliminated the doubt and to see other people going through it to be with other people while doing it like it made like without the doubt it made it possible you know yeah like yeah, I didn't realize how detrimental the doubt was to use another deed. <laughs> I've got. I've got to say. I mean, usually, I sort of say, right, you know. So that was life before. Talk to me about life now. You know what I mean? But to be honest, I, I think I'm going to do it for you, Adam, because the, the person who I can see on the video screen right now is just a million miles from the person I first met when you arrived with your your, your, your mum and your dad, and we, there was a, a timid young man that was just like. I don't know. I mean, I don't think he was living. I don't think he was living then. You know, I think he was just kind of existing in your in your basement and that. And what I see now is just so much confidence. You wouldn't have done this. You wouldn't have done this perhaps, you know, six, four, five, six months ago or whatever. So you're obviously brimming with confidence and, you know, things have changed massively. Do you agree? I would absolutely agree. It's It's, it's really... It's, yeah, it's it's a crazy new experience for me to, I mean, obviously to experience what everyone else experiences constantly, I guess, because yeah. they're living normal lives. But to, I guess, I know it sounds a bit more, or it sounds a bit exaggerated, but in a way I was like a prisoner living in a prison and it feels good. Like I can appreciate the outside, like hope for now. I feel like, hopefully I don't lose that appreciation, but I can feel, I feel like I very much have a very strong appreciation for what I have right now. Like just being able to run, like, it's yeah. yeah, having that like, and of course it was all self-inflicted. So that's like I don't want to try to get pity you. But. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, you know you've got nothing but admiration for me, Adam, because I know what you've gone through is is very very tough. You know what I mean? You completely changed everything, and you, I mean, there was a lot of resistance at times. Um, so just for the for the benefit of the listeners, then, are you happy to share? You know, what what is your final weight loss or the final figure right now. Um, have you got a figure or not? Yeah, so I started off, well, this is after the excess skin removal surgery. So I started off at 109, 199 kilos. It was 438 pounds, which is 31.2 stone. I'll have all these numbers in my head because you <laughs> never forget these. And uh, at the moment, I just weighed in, or coincidentally, this morning at 213. So I can't, I think that's like 96. Seven kilos, ninety-seven or ninety-eight, and then uh, and bear in mind I haven't been able to exercise because I'm ju- I like literally I get to go ahead to exercise this Thursday, so two days from now because of my surgery I haven't been able to exercise for the past ten weeks, which is yeah. I mean I, that's quite an interesting thing to um, to talk about actually because obviously you lost so much weight. So for so for those of you that, that, that don't know, Adam lost such a significant amount of weight, um, ninety odd kilos that. Uh, you know, there was obviously a, a, quite a lot of excess skin 
And uh, and I remember you just sort of went through a bit of turmoil there, sort of thinking, what the hell am I going to do with this, you know? And I've lost all this weight, but actually I've, I've potentially been left with a, a bigger problem or a, a more significant problem of all this excess skin. So what what was it like, you know, what was your thinking behind having the op? You know, what was your, what was your thoughts with regards I, to the I skin? I was extremely nervous when, because, yeah, like you said, um, that was not an ideal, it's definitely not one of the things that was on my mind when I was losing the weight was the end result of having excess skin. Obviously, very naively, I was thinking about a six-pack. I was thinking I was, that was my end goal was to have a six-pack at the end of all of it, but that wasn't the way it worked out. And I wouldn't say, unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately, I, I don't think, even with the surgery, I don't think I'll ever get to a six-pack, but I'm very, it's still tentative. And to see drastic changes in such a short amount of time is quite good because if you would have looked at me five weeks ago there was quite a bit of swelling yeah and um yeah so the surgery itself is very scary if if you go through it but i guess like you said before the surgery i was thinking a do i really want to do this and b will it be worth it if i do it those were the two big questions on my mind and i answered yes and this is the first question and the second question was let's hope so and you know and yeah, it was really a leap of faith. I'll say that much. I had I had one other person who a previous boot camper. I don't know if I should say her name or not, but she had been to the surgery too, and she gave me a lot of pointers and she told me a lot of good things, a lot of positives. So that helped me sway. That swayed my decision to decide to go through. And I'm glad I did. I yeah. want to emphasize that I'm very happy that I did. Yeah, I mean, it's not one of those. I mean, it could be one of those things that. You're losing weight, you're doing really well, then all of a sudden you get like a bit of excess skin around your bingo wings or your, your stomach or whatever, and, and it could knock you back. You know, I, I know someone like um, someone who's very close to me, and um, she didn't have skin removal surgery, but she had either a gastric band or a sleeve or whatever, and she was left with a, a lot of skin, and she just she wasn't happy with the skin. She couldn't get the skin removal operation through the NHS, uh, and now she's. She put the weight back on, you know, and she's happier. She's happier because she's no longer got this excess skin. Um, the same for you, Adam, was it? The reason why I ask is because I've got a couple of moments in my mind, you know, a couple of memories, and I remember a time when, you know, you and I was chatting. We was having one of our one-to-ones or we was having a bit of a discussion or whatever, and you said, Craig, but I've, I've got this. What do you think? And you was almost looking for me to accept you with this excess skin, you know, and it really sticks out in my mind and I just remember thinking, you can't let that stop you. You know, you you are you are moving now. You are you are changing. You cannot you can't let that stop you. Oh, I I almost exactly remember that moment that you're talking about, and it's very funny that you say it because I think you and maybe one other person I can't remember who was first, but you were definitely one of two of the of the first people I ever actually showed my excess skin once once I. Had, Gotten to a comfortable enough point where it was pure excess skin, where it was actually, you know, what I mean, like once I yeah. once I got to that point where it was easily recognizable as that, and you were one of the first people that I was comfortable enough to do it, and it was in a way trying to look for acceptance because I looked at it for such a long time with such negative feelings toward it, and I just I wanted to see someone else's reaction, and yeah. I was happy to see it. But I also think back to um, with the excess skin, I think back to. I can't remember who it was. It was someone who told me, and another boot camper as well. They said, "Once you like, be be careful because once you lose the weight, you won't like everything won't be perfect. Life won't just work out." Yeah. And and I remember I was joking around and being like, "Yeah, but like it'll be ten times easier." You know what I mean? Like every problem, like every non or in, every imperfect every imperfection of life, like 
makes it 10 times easier to handle it if you feel comfortable in your skin. And um, I think as much as excess skin wasn't ideal, it was a hell of a lot more comfortable than the 400 pounds of fat that was on my body. That's for sure. Yeah. So I, I feel like that. I had to look at, I had to start looking at better, not best. Yeah. You know? I mean, there's the, um, what I always say is that there, there is a cost to everything that we do, you know, and at the end of the day, you've, you know, you, other people have been consuming to excess for a long time and there's a cost to that. There really, yeah. really, really is a cost. They're very honest and, you know, let's not fuck, a, let's not bloody beat around the bush. There's a very honest uh, cost to it and, and you've got to live with it. You really, you've got to live with it. You know, as, as many, many decisions in life that you, you've got to kind of live with. That's one of the things that you've got to, got to live with. Um, but that doesn't mean that you don't, therefore, you know, aim for change, aim to change it, aim to improve, you know. So that's good to hear. Um, so I would also say, though, to add a little bit more on top of that, like when it comes, like, there's definitely, I mean, as I'm sure you agree, there's a cost to everything. And uh, I think something I was going to say regarding the cost. No, I forgot it anyway. <laughs> right. It'll come to you. Um, so, so talk to me about, you know, what were some of the ups and downs at camp? You know what I mean? How was it? Let, let's go, day one, when you arrived. I remember your day one when you arrived. And pff, rabbit in headlight, you know, would barely say a word. What, what were you sort of feeling? What were you thinking? Oh, I was absolutely terrified. I didn't... <laughs> I was, well, at that time, I, I was like... Exercise to me was so important. I, I was struggling to walk because you had what was it, three hundred and fifty meter track? Yeah. And, yeah. And I like couldn't even walk a third of it. Like it was so three hundred odd meters. I couldn't even walk, and uh, it was it was quite intense at that time. Thinking how am I gonna, like? It was such a definitely no light at the end of the tunnel experience. You know what I mean? At, at yeah. that point, there was no day one. There was no. I could definitely. There was no way I was visualizing my life right now on day one. It was. I was going, and, and you guys helped me a lot with that. It was because I think if I would have tried to visualize this three years later down the road, it would have been too much. Yeah, you just couldn't see that. I would have gone back. I would have not been successful. Yeah. And then, so, so come on, so you was there for 11 months. You know, talk, talk to me about some of the ups and downs, some of the memorable people. Uh, there, there are a lot of memorable people. I don't want to shout any names, but there is... One person who thought that she, I, I know you remember her, no names, but there was one person who thought she could just survive off of the calories of a Mars bar or a Snickers or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> one person who, and, I, and then speaking of interesting characters, I was definitely one of the interesting characters because I refused to eat any vegetables for quite a while. That was, that was a big struggle for me. was <laughs> pure diet. Just, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, one of the ups and downs, and as far as memorable, like, there's memorable boot camps, or memorable boot camps boot campers of course but like the people who really stuck out were the trainers for sure because they were there through the really hard times and they were part of the ups and downs because there were many occasions where because it's very difficult to take orders from someone a lot or, I guess for my personality as well I'm sure there are a lot of people out there who it's very difficult for that and after a couple months of, 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 have, of being told to do something occasionally you fight back to them at least I did and so those were a couple of the downs but the ups were always right around the corner because truly everyone cared there a lot. And I still stay in contact with basically all the trainers there and staff. So yeah. it's, 
Yeah, I it's mean, nice to have someone actually care. It's funny yeah. that you, you talk about, um, you know, barely being able to walk when you first arrived and, uh, you know, barely barely get round the track and all this because towards the end, I mean, you was, you was unthrashable. You know, we, we could not, we, we, we struggled to get the heart rate up enough, you know what I mean? Do you remember? It was just like, yeah, it was just like, you, you were looking at trainers going, what's next? Come on, give me give me the next thing. And trainers like, for fuck. You know, it was uh, it was incredible, incredible transformation. But you definitely couldn't see that at all when you first arrived. No, but I think you guys were very. No, actually, I know you guys were very good at focusing on the on the minor steps because they're, you know, what I mean, we're, that's that's one big step right there. But there were a million, if not a billion, steps in between smaller steps that were a lot easier to focus on and a lot easier to achieve. Yeah, and I think that's obviously the overall aim is to to do all the little steps that lead up to that big step. Yeah, have, have a goal, but have little milestones along the way. Yeah. Exactly. Can, can I... You, you might not be comfortable talking about this, but in some respects, we're on a bit of a roll, so we're going to... The first time you went home, do you remember the first time you had, you had a break and you went home? Oh, I, I'm comfortable talking about that. Yeah, I yeah. Told and, I know um, exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, t- t- tell us the, the sort of story of what happened and... Oh, the first time I went home was was fun for the first, and it, it's weird to think about the fact that it was all in all a six day period. It wasn't, you know what I mean? It, it was seven day with travel, but as far as damage being done, because short, short, or long story short, I gained, what was it, 22 pounds in, in approximately seven days. It was quite, quite in a, a feat. And, um, <laughs> you got <jumped> <laughs> um, I was, and I think at that time, I, relative to the portions that I'm eating now, relative to the normal portions and the portions that you have to eat to get as big as I was, like, I, I definitely decreased my portions, but I, it hadn't hit me how much I had, like, how far off base I actually was. Like, I decreased my portions the first six days, but I was still so much over what normal portions were yeah. that, obviously, the 22-pound gain, and then uh, it really was a shocker to... To show how far off the base I'd actually gone, but like in, in terms of what was what was meant for my body. Yeah, I mean, th- th- I mean, it's, I'm sure you remember. We was like, it's done, you know, <laughs> it, it's done. All you can do now is is learn from it. You know what I mean? It's uh, and that, that's kind of how we played it, you know. And I think you kind of reflected on that a little bit and worked out kind of what you needed to change and, and all that. And phew, hey, you know. It was a great ending to the story. <laughs> so, um, all, all right, so I know you're big onto, you know, into your, your, your quotes, your sayings, books, you know. Um, you're quite philosophical, 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 whatever the word is. What are the, what are the standout quotes? What are the standout lessons, um, resources, different bits of reading material or whatever that you remember from your stay? Um, that other people could perhaps pick up or use as a mantra uh, to help them, to help them lose a significant uh, amount of weight? I think, like, not to get too in-depth into stoicism, but there was there was another memorable boot camper there, another American, and I do want to shout out his name because he was quite an awesome person, very influential and in, in changing a lot of the way I thought. His name was Robert Evers. I don't know if you remember him, but he yeah. was... I don't, he was only there for, like, three or four weeks, but he... Um, he was a good guy and very good guy and very helpful to me. Like he wasn't there for, he was there to tone up. He wasn't there to lose weight. He was there because he was ex-military and he wanted to um, basically just tone back up. And uh, 
anyway, he, he, gave, he recommended this book to me and actually sent it to me, if, yeah, if I remember correctly. Like, I got it in the mail. It was called Thoughts of the Philosophical Fighter Pilot. And in it, there was a chapter about stoicism. And he thought that I would very much benefit from understanding the idea of, sto- of being stoic in situations that I was in, especially in a situation where I had a very long journey ahead of me. Because I met him very early into my boot camp, like, journey. And so th- that, that book right there, Thoughts of the Philosophical, Philosophical Fighter Pilot, was quite influential in, like, making me focus on what needed to be done and, like, get rid of all the things that, didn't need, that I didn't need to pay attention to. And then as far as quotes, ooh, I love, I love me some quotes. Like, <laughs> there were many quotes that we used to write on the board, too, and they're so... But when you're put on the spot, it's so difficult to think of a quote. That's yeah. the problem. Yeah. Is, uh... I guess, I mean, obviously the one that I always go to, and I think I said it last time I saw you at boot camp, because that's one of the most things that rang true in, in my life, is change is the only thing that remains constant. Yeah. And I think that's just, obviously you have to focus on what kind of change you want to make as well. That's important. And uh, oh, there was something else too, some, like, uh, this is not a quote, it's just someone, something I heard or someone say once, and I thought it was quite, it stuck with me. He said, like no, like there's no such thing as stagnation. No one's, there's you can't stand still. Basically, like you're all, you're constantly either you're constantly making decisions that either put you towards your goal or away from your goal. There's no there is no stagnation. And so thinking about that really made me focus on the minor thing, the minor decisions in my life that influence the overall like productivity of my life, I guess. And not oh, great. I mean, I, I've not I've not heard of that book, but I'm gonna I'm gonna get a copy and and have a little read of that. And uh, and yeah, and I love those quotes as well. So, the what, what about the future now, then, Adam? What what's what you got lined up in the future? I mean, how how are things in your life right now? I mean, what are you up to in that? Uh, I just started, or not just started. I'm two years into university right now, studying at University of Page and uh, in in Hungary, of all places, in Europe, which is quite an interesting experience. Uh, as far as I mean, I feel like I'm just getting to normal life now. And I know that sounds very anticlimactic, like for everything that I've been through, but it's, I, like I'm, I'm, I'm very happy with just being normal now because I spent so long being, even if I wasn't actually being visibly stared at, there was definitely the, the, the psychological projection, like the, the, the thoughts that I had inside of me yeah. that felt like I was constantly being stared at. And I'm sure I was being stared at. I was quite big at the time. And, and, uh, and being judged. And being judged very much so, and um, and obviously being judged by myself by the biggest person, you know, like like I think just being like having a girlfriend, going through normal drama, going through just normal stuff. It feels very like I, every once in a while I get an appreciation for just being able to have normal, like. And I know it's all relative because to a normal person, their problems are very are very big because they've never experienced. Yeah. The, you know what I mean? the, the extreme ends of not being normal. So I understand it's all it's all relative to what we can to what we felt before I get that. But having felt that, like I'm very appreciative of normal. Which, and, yeah, which is good because you know what you appreciate appreciates. You know what I mean? What you what you yeah. what you are grateful for, you'll get more of. Like so, yeah, it's good. It's good. Adam, we, you know we've we've been going on for a little bit there um, I'm, I'm toying with the idea of asking you to do another little interview with Paula as well when Paula's free so if you're listening to this you know listen out for that, that second part because I know Paula will have many more questions about the mindset and the work that you did together so if you're happy 
if you're happy to do that, we'll perhaps you know record another episode as well. Um, oh, absolutely. So in a minute, I'm going to ask you for your one big tip for people that uh, you know have got a significant amount of weight to lose. They've got a food. They've got food addiction. They're addicted to sugar or whatever. What would your one big tip be? Um, but before I do that, I just want to sort of say you know thank you for jumping on the uh, on Skype with us now because. I know you, you you wasn't comfortable with this in the past, and you are now. Something massive has changed in your life in order for you to be able to do this. And uh, as much as it's a privilege to you know to be part of your journey, we one hundred percent recognise the hard work that you've put into it all. And you know it's good to see you reap the rewards. So, what what is it? What is the what is the big thing? Three things actually, and I've, oh, I've really. Things. Yeah, three big things. And one of them is bigger than all of them. One of them is like the overall encompassing mindset that if you carry, you just can't fail. Like, or actually, that's slip of the tongue. Because you, the whole, I guess I'll just yeah, yeah. Uh, Go for it. leave that for a second. But the first two things I would say is, and it sounds so ridiculous, and I have no research to back this up whatsoever, but <laughs> coconut oil and multivitamins have, have curbed any hunger that I once suffered from significantly. I didn't. I don't know if I was nutritionally starved for because I used to eat a very bland diet. I don't know what it was, but like taking multivitamins, fish oil in the morning, or taking a multivitamin and fish oil in the morning, and just a little bit of coconut oil to get those healthy fats and all those nutrients and minerals in me, like significantly suppresses my appetite throughout the day. And well, well, I mean, if you can, if you can hold the other thoughts, and I mean, you know, the, the science behind that is that that fat. Is a you know it's a real good effect on turning off the signals of of being hungry you know of, of signaling to the body that you're now full you're satiated you know so yeah yeah that, that makes that makes sense it's a, it's a great tip great tip yeah it, it's absolutely like and it's been quite a recent thing within the past six months I started implementing this because I started I thought about a ketosis diet and it was a whole thing but then it, I, that's the one thing I carried over. I didn't stick with ketosis. Not that I don't recommend sticking with it. I, would, I just didn't stick with it. But the one thing I did carry over was that coconut oil because it it very much, it's brought a new feeling to me, that's for sure. Yeah. new feeling of satiation without the, like having to be full. And then, um, so yeah, those two things, coconut oil, multivitamin, because I think getting the micronutrients, I guess, is really what it comes down to, making sure you build up on those. And then, yeah, but the big one, the, the big, big one is just to never give up. Like, there are so many times that, like, like overall I never give up. There are so many times that I quit. There are so many times that I just stopped trying. There are so many times that I gave in. But overall, I always got back up. And I think as long as you, I, think, I feel like as long as you do that, there's no, like, as many times as you fail, you're, you're bound to succeed eventually as long as you don't stop trying. And I think that's so important it's very oh another one that uh, not another quote or anything but another great tip that you guys taught me at boot camp was uh during nlp sessions the path of least resistance like really understanding how we're programmed to take the path of least resistance and applying that to all aspects of my life like when it comes to just going for the quick meal or something or going for the quick uh sensation in the brain that you get from eating having sugar or something when I guess it's really just, I mean, we learn about it in psychology as well. It's really just, because uh, I'm probably rambling right now anyway, but it's really just... No, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. <laughs> but it's really just, like, the difference in a child. They talk about, like, um, when a child, like, the, the difference between a successful child and a non-successful child. Is it, like, the type of child who, what, what, do you remember the specifics of a child who can say, 
yeah, yeah. You it can, can delay, yeah, can delay um, gratification. Gratification, yes. yeah, yeah. Exactly. And they did the the very famous Harvard marshmallow test where. It's like, here you go, you can have a marshmallow now or you can have two marshmallows later, you know, and they left the room and <laughs> the kids that were eating the marshmallows, the, the one marshmallow was like, they, they tracked them down later in life and they were less successful, you know, less happy, all this kind of stuff than the people that could actually go, you know what, I'm going to wait and I'm going to get my two marshmallows. Um, yeah, so oh, it's, it's phenomenal, isn't it? It's phenomenal. And I feel like the two marshmallows like, are, are a metaphorical thing. I feel like two marshmallows are the things that you get. Like, I feel like we don't even want the marshmallow to eat them. You know what I mean? The two marshmallows are something else. Like, you find something else, you resist the first one. Like, yeah. You find something better. Oh, great tips. Great tips, Adam. Um, listen, thanks thanks for jumping on the call with us. And uh, this, this has been a, you know, a, great, a great chat. It's great to see you. It's, you know, you jumped up before on video, and you was showing me the, the results of your your skin removal. It was just it's just phenomenal, and I'm I'm so happy for you. And I know everyone at Team Bootcamp, all the trainers, you know, everyone that you've met along the way will be super chuffed that you that you're happy now. You know, um, so thanks a lot. And uh, any any final things to say to people listening or catch yourself to Team Bootcamp, really. <laughs> 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 That's really one thing they got. Nothing but knowledge and and training there, and then and also pay attention. That's, that's <laughs> fun. <laughs> pay attention. Until <laughs> listen. All right, mate. Well, listen until we uh, until we chat again. Take care. And all the best. All right. Thank you very much. It doesn't make us strong. It doesn't make us weak. Tongue tied to service like shy preteens.